DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Time to welcome in Barry Trammell, sports columnist for the Oklahoma and NewsOK.com. Barry, good morning. How you guys doing in Salt Lake? We're doing well. It's good to hear you. How are you? Well, I'm doing not too bad, not too bad. Uh, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing better than not too bad. 17-5 and five in the last 22 games. What have they discovered? What have they hit on? Because I went through the schedule. I saw several impressive wins in that streak, and then, you know, a lot of wins. You're just you're supposed to beat the bottom half of the league, and they do. But they, the Boston win on Sunday, that was the latest quality win, and they got the Nuggets, and they got the Rockets in there. There's really only one bad loss. What, what have they hit on? Well, they, what they've hit on is uh, Chris Paul, really, is what they've hit on. Um you know, Chris went to Houston these previous two seasons and played really well, and Houston played really well, but he sort of got overshadowed by the James Harden phenomenon. And people forgot how good Chris Paul is. And he came to Oklahoma City in the Westbrook trade, and the Thunder handed him the ball and said, hey, listen, lead this team and lead these young guys and you know, we're going to run a couple of other point guards out there with you and create a sort of a unique offense. And it's just worked fabulously. He's still a premier player. He's he's old. He's 35. He's not going to be able to do this that much longer. But, boy, for now, he can really still play. And, and uh, Thunder wins a lot of close games. That's a, not necessarily a, a recipe for sustained success, but so far – you know, they're great in clutch time, and, and they don't lose to bad teams, which is a, a good way to rack up a lot of wins because the NBA has a lot of bad teams in it. And they're just uh, having a phenomenally successful season that nobody saw coming. There's no question this trade has re Rejuvenated his career, basically. He looks like he's three or four years younger. It looks like he didn't go to Houston and turn back the clock. So it makes the all-star team. Things are going so well. Is he happy here? Is he content? Oh, I assume not. But he's doing a fabulous job of faking it. <laughs> um, this, this Utah, I mean, this Utah, this Thunder team can't, win the title. We all know that. And Chris has never even made the NBA Finals. So he's he's probably a little antsy about that. He separated from his family for the first time. You know, he always had his family with him. His kids are getting a little, you know, they're not two and three years old. They're growing up. And he's he doesn't like being away from them, but he made the decision. You know, when, when we had the trade in, in July, nobody thought Chris Paul was going to stay with the Thunder. Um most people thought he'd be traded before the season started. Most people thought, well, not. It'll, it'll be at the trade deadline. So he didn't want to bring him to Oklahoma City and then uproot, uproot them again. So he's got them out in Southern California. Um, so he doesn't like that. But a couple things. He does like winning. You know, he's one of the all-time competitive guys in the NBA. He, he scratches and claws and fights to win. Uh, the the famous game against Minnesota in December, when the Thunder's you know down two, with one second left, Minnesota's shooting two free throws. Thunder has no timeouts. How do you win a game like that? Well, one way you is is uh, you notice that Jordan Bell checks into the game with his shirt tail untucked, 
And Chris Paul runs to the ref saying, shirt tail untucked, that's a technical foul. They've already had a warning. You caught him red-handed. The refs had to call a technical foul. Uh, Thunder gets it, cuts it to one. Carl Anthony Towns makes only one of two. The Thunder hits a miracle shot on Stephen Adams' 80-foot cross-court pass, and they go to overtime and, and win. So just things like that, Chris Paul just doing crazy things to whatever he can do to win a game. Uh, so he's enjoying the winning, and he's also enjoying sort of reclamating his reputation. You know, CP's down the, down the last several years, he's got a reputation of not being a great teammate. It sort of all fell apart with the Clippers. He and Blake Griffin didn't get along. Um, then, then the James Harden uh, flap, whatever that was all about, you know, it became pretty clear. They couldn't get along and play together. And I think he set out to really try to remake his image back to where it was when, you know, he's this scrappy little point guard that could do one magical things. So he's done a wonderful job with that, and it's gone great. So, you know, the Thunder's better than they've been, or at least on a, on a, a winning ratio, than, than uh, since the Kevin Durant days. So uh, we'll see where it takes him. Barry Trammell joining us, sports columnist for the Oklahoman and NewsOK.com. They're also uh, they're also still doing a good job of identifying young talent. The Thunder have really got a good track record in that area. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, leading scorer, just barely at 19.3 points a game, and Gallinari's at 19.2. Uh, what makes him so good? Well, he's just, he's really slippery is what I'd say. You know, he doesn't jump over anybody. I mean, he doesn't out-quick people, but he's hes really good at angles. And he drives and shoots unorthodox shots. Um, he's hes just really, he's a unique player. He's tall. He's six foot six, playing with, with, uh, with point guard skills. So uh, he shoots a lot of runners and bank bank shots and floaters and, and uh, scoop shots with a lot of with a lot of spin on him. He's really one of the more unique players I've ever seen. Um, he's still just 21 years old. I have no idea what his upside is. His shooting is decent, not great from deep, but he just seems to be a sort of a heady basketball player. Can he become, you know, sort of like you know Utah knows, like Donovan Mitchell had a really good rookie year. And then blossom the next year, and now, is, of course, is a is a prolific scorer. Can can SGA make that kind of leap? Well, if he can, then you know he's, that's that's an unbelievable star to have. Um, and there's reason to think he will. Uh, right now, he's just a, he's just an excellent ball player in a lot of different ways. And you know the Thunder got him, him and Gallinari for Paul George plus five first round draft picks. It was a great trade for both teams. And you'd have to say at this point in time, you know, when when uh, when they made that trade, SGA and Paul George, just the two of them straight up, Paul George gave the Clippers a chance to win the NBA title, sort of removed that hope from Oklahoma City. But going forward from that point of that trade, you'd have to say that the brighter NBA future in totality belonged to, to Shea Gilgis-Alexander and not Paul George because of the age difference. 
You speak, Barry, of all those draft picks that they got, and they do have a whole boatload of draft picks. What would be your guess as far as how they use those draft picks in terms of do they keep them and use them, or do they try to peddle them to get some better players to hasten the process of rebuilding to getting to the point of being a legitimate title contender again like they were a few years back? I think you got to trade some of them. They got 15 in the next seven years. You can't. You can't use 15. What are you going to do with 15 first draft, first round draft picks in seven years? You don't have enough roster spots for that. So they've got to trade them on some some level. Um, you know I, what what that means, what that looks like. I don't know. I mean, my my dream my dream uh, trade for the Thunder is the Sixers continue to implode. Somebody up there, Elton Brand or whoever, decides that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can't exist together. And so you you sort of catch the Philly when they're desperate and say, hey, listen, you guys need to win an NBA title soon. Here's Chris Paul. He can still play. You put him with Joel Embiid, you guys will be unstoppable. Send us Ben Simmons, and to make up for the age, age difference, we'll send you four first-round draft picks. Any of four you want, whichever we got fifteen here, you pick the four you want. I assume Philly's not crazy enough to do that, but that's the kind of trade I think you, at least is an option for the Thunder now because of the so many draft picks. Draft picks are uh, for teams outside of New York and maybe Miami. Um, I'm not New York, Los Angeles, and maybe Miami. First-round draft picks are very valuable. So, um, you know, Utah knows this the way the Thunder does. You know, you, the free agents are hard to get in in most NBA markets. So the draft picks are, are what you need, and the Thunder has a bunch of them to, uh, to make some deals with. Well, you mentioned the uh, L.A. and all that. Do, do people in Oklahoma City find what's going on the way the two L.A. teams have acquired talent the last two years – does that bother them? Oh, the people. Yeah. The answer is no, it really doesn't, for two reasons. It's a, it's a very small percentage, it does bother them if they're really paying deep attention. But, you know, Thunder, still, Thunder fans, and, you know, they're still smarting. They don't. They don't mind seeing Anthony Davis traded to the Lakers or Paul George traded to the Clippers because um, they know what they got back in New Orleans and Oklahoma City for that stuff. They're still smarting from Kevin Durant going to Golden State. So, you know, the Los Angeles could win every NBA title for 20 years. It wouldn't bother the Thunder fans as long as the Warriors didn't win one or Durant didn't win one. But – in but in general, what you're asking is: Is this changing the competitive balance of the NBA? And I think there is an underlying concern about that. Um, the only thing I respond to them about is this: Yeah, it feels awful. It looks bad. It's potential danger for for uh, cities like Oklahoma City and Portland and Salt Lake. Um, that have done a great job of putting out a good product and have been contenders. And then 
you got these these uh, knuckleheads with the Lakers that you know can't even fill out a lineup card, but at some point they can snap their fingers, and all of a sudden LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on their team. So there, it's it's unsettling when that happens. But I try to tell them before this season, the two worst teams in the NBA over the last six years were the Knicks and the Lakers. The Clippers have never won an NBA title. The Nets have never won an NBA title. So while, yeah, the odds are stacked in favor of the New York and L.A. teams, I, th- I think we ought to wait until it actually, you know, until doomsday hits before we get too worked up about it. Uh, I'm still hopeful that there can be some, uh, some uh, self-implosion with, with the L.A. teams. Um, you know, their future is uh, to, to be good again three years from now. They're going to have to do the same thing they just did. And I'm not sure they can do that. So we'll see. Um, I think what you're, what I tell people is we're just going to have to hold our nose probably and just sort of, everybody take vacation during the Western Conference Finals and turn <laughs> off the TV and, you know, you know, L.A. versus L.A. Get away from that hype. And then, uh, you know, come June, you know, things will be better. What do you think of the Houston situation with the small ball? I think it's interesting. It's not – I don't think it's a disaster the way a lot of people did for this reason. Um, You've seen teams go small over the years. Now, nobody's ever gone as super small as Houston is. But think about it. In the NBA – most of the time, when teams go small, what does the opposition do? They counter and go small, too. Now, not always. You know, Utah doesn't really want to take Rudy Gobert off the court and usually doesn't. But most teams sort of counter and, and say, okay, we'll have to play a little smaller. No team ever goes bigger. No, nobody ever goes, hey, let's put, let's put three big guys out there. Nobody ever does that because – the truth of the matter is, uh, big and quick wins in the NBA. But if you sacrifice one or the other, you're going to sacrifice the big. Quick trumps big. And so talent also trumps big. So it's not as revolutionary as what Houston is. What Houston is doing is not as revolutionary, I don't think. Um what I think teams are starting to do, though, and I'm not sure it would be extremely successful in the playoffs for the Rockets. Teams are realizing, you know, we, we, we shouldn't try to beat them up when we have the ball. Putting low post, you know, I don't know what Utah's done with Houston. The Thunder likes to post up Steven Adams and throw him the ball and try to just muscle. Steven Adams is not a great back-to-the-basket player, so you're just hurting yourself when you do that. Just run your offense, and when you take a shot, go beat them up on the boards. They can't rebound at a lick, and that's where you—that's where you beat Houston. That's what the Knicks did to them the other night when they beat them by thirty. They had like the biggest rebound differential in, in years and years. So there are ways to to make Houston pay, and I think that's what what teams should be doing and will do. I don't know, and and besides living and dying by a three point shot, while it while it's good on analytics, it. Over the course of 82 games, 
it can get you beat in a playoff series. So I'm not too I'm not thinking too highly of Houston's playoff uh, hopes. And I also think it's a combustible mix. Harden and Westbrook, they're making nice, you know, now. But I, that doesn't seem like a thing that could could last forever. You've gone, you know, Russell Westbrook was handed the keys to the franchise in, in the summer of 16 with the Thunder. And for three years, he literally was a, you know, he was, a, he was like an Old Testament king. He just did whatever he wanted to. And now he's down there. And somebody else is an Old Testament king, and he's got to adapt. Seems like a tough assignment for Westbrook. He's played the good soldier, but when things get hairy, I don't know if, if that will last. So you go right to Scripture. You're talking the language around here, Barry. Look at you go. <laughs> You're unbelievable. Well, we, uh, it's, uh, it's been a fun season, though. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about I was thinking about the Jazz. Uh, you know, the the year they lost Hayward, and uh, you know, thinking, hey, we, you know, we're going to have to have to uh, sort of re- recalibrate and start over. Well, no, turns out the Jazz stayed really good, and that's similar to what's happened to, and with the Thunder this year. You know, we thought this team was going to be a you know thirty five win team. I think the Vegas over under was thirty two or thirty three. And then they got off to a bad start, and you think, well, you got to the point where well, maybe they'll lose, and it'll increase the lottery odds. And then it turns out that they played their way out of that and have become a really good team, and it's 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 fun again. So it's been a great season in Oklahoma City. Barry, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, as always. Okay, see you guys later. All right, Barry Trammell.